What's going on, Mark? How we doing, buddy? Hey, Johnny. How you doing there, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I, You know, in watching this week's episodes, I had this, like, I had this weird, like, contact memory just resurface somewhere, something I buried deep in my subconscious that I completely spaced out and forgot I had done and, like, all this sort of stuff. And then it was just, it was real weird, man. It was real weird that it came back to me and it was very poignant uh, because of some of the episodes we're watching this week. So okay. uh, when I was uh, when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have a dog. I didn't get really get a dog in my house until I was about 14, 15 years old when my okay. parents split up because my dad didn't like them, but my mom did. And my dad always got to, you know, say whatever the fuck he wanted to because it's my dad. Yeah, right. Um, but there are times where, you know, he acquiesced because he had four kids and he tried to give us a dog on occasion. We always had to end up giving it away after a couple of months, which fucking sucks. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you just, it's just enough time to get attached to an animal and then it's just gone. Not um, traumatic as but, fuck at all. Yeah. 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 No, no, exactly. But I, I can very, very distinctly remember I was about 10 years old and I'm – I'm in, it's in the middle of the night in my house. I've woken up. Nobody else is awake, surprisingly. Like, my older brother was – he's like an insomniac. I swear to God, he was always awake. And my dad was always up at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning raiding the fucking kitchen for cheese or, or like, lunch meat or something. You just randomly see him poking around the fridge. 64 I'm, I'm slices like, of American cheese. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I think he's blind now. Um, but I just, it's, it's this random, like two o'clock in the morning, I'm awake, nobody else is. And I'm like, God, you know what? I just, I'm going to, I'm going to walk outside. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go hang out in the backyard for a while because why the fuck not? I'm awake and I don't have anything better to do and no one can tell me no. And a couple months previously, we'd had this, this black lab, uh, that we had to give away. Her name was Annie and, uh, she's a cool dog, like way too big and way too much energy for me because I was like a 10 year old kid and this is a full grown black lab. This thing like would jerk me around. Nothing but energy, right? But a decent-sized dog, like 50, 60 pounds. And my dad had gotten this, like, little dog glue, like, igloo-looking thing so that the dog could stay outside because he doesn't like animals. He didn't like animals in general. I think he liked one cat out of the, like, 20 that we had. (laughs) Your dad's kind of a man after my damn heart, tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so I, I walk outside. I'm like, I wonder. I wonder what it's like. I wonder if I can actually stay warm in this stupid igloo. Right? And so what does a 10-year-old John do? He crawls in the igloo. (laughs) And what does 10-year-old John then do? Start screaming really, really loud. Really, really, really loud. So loud that the neighbors and my parents and everybody else in the house woke up. 10-year-old John got stuck in the dog glue. (laughs) (laughs) So... I just I found that very poignant because uh, hey Mark welcome to Dangle Podcast we're talking about King of the Hill this week aren't we? Oh hey welcome to King of, or Dangle Podcast yeah I hope we're talking about it because this is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I Mark and my good buddy Johnny we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic by Mike Judge King of the Hill and we talk about its goods and bads and its highs and lows we see if the show still holds up and if we still personally like the show. And then we slap it with our patented rating system. And um, I think we ought to get right into it, eh, buddy? I think so, man. Well, we're, uh, we're, we're almost here. We're almost at the zenith. We're, right now, we're talking about episode 99, Luan Virgin 2.0. Oh, uh, now, Mark, God, I'm not ready. A, I'm already no, not ready. It, and that is a terrible, terrible pun on words, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be like the new like version 2.0, right? Like uh, AOL yeah, version. Yeah. 
but it may, man, dude, cause I, I know we're kind of jumping the gun a bit here, but like our release date is sometime in the two early two thousands. Remember when that two point, remember when the whatever point Oh was coming out and that was the new hot shit deal. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. for the timing and context, a fantastic pun title. <laughs> yeah, for the timing it was, but God, now it's just cringy. Uh, oh, yeah. Air date. <laughs> but also, air date like, Luann is totally outdated and outclassed. Like, just get rid of her at this point, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, original air date, March 11, 2001. Uh, written by Kit Boss. We've seen lots of good stuff from him already. Uh, our cast of characters for this episode are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale, Nancy, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bildo Treve, Connie Supanusapone, Reverend Karen Stroop, Rhett Vandergraff, the <laughs> Vandergraffs, Mark. Uh, the Vandergraffs. From Larry, Stuart Dooley, Frisbee Guy, and Zach. Yep. Yep. I don't know why Frisbee Guy didn't get a name, but Zach apparently did. That's amazing. <laughs> well, she named Zach, and like he's got a name tag. Frisbee Guy just has a Frisbee. It's, it's true, I guess. That's that's true. Um, Mark, you ready for our synopsis here? I am, but I feel like I need to point out, Johnny, what's our air date? Uh, March 11th, 2001. Yes, yeah, so we are exactly six months to the day from 9-11. Yes, we are. Remember, we're this season, we are counting that we're post-Columbine. We are now PC. We're about to be... be I don't know how you do that. B I X I X I. That makes uh, even less sense. Never mind. Yeah. Right now we're we're before we we can never forget ever again. We're before everyone should. This is B E S. This is best before everyone should. Or B B L before Bin Laden. <laughs> I like B B L better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because it sounds like B B W. You sick bastard. Um, wait, Mark. you mean there's no bacon in it at all? Well, no if it's BBW, bacon. I bet there is a bunch of bacon in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give me that synopsis, Johnny. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, I like too much caffeine and then beer, Mark. This will this be is gonna fun. Be, this is going to be great. Uh, also, synopsis. I need to shout this out. Island Rascal. I know, I'm sorry. This is our third false start, Johnny. No. I apologize. Island Rascal from Avery Brewing should not taste as damn good as it does, especially for being Iron a Belgian Rascal? white. Island. Island. Island Rascal. Okay. A Belgian... I, I, pff, Jesus. A Belgian-style white ale with passion fruit and spices. It's really okay. not terrible. It kind of makes me miss Hawaii just a touch. All right, now, third time's a charm. <laughs> Give me that sweet-ass synopsis, buddy. <laughs> sure thing, man. Uh, Luann decides to reaffirm herself to God by becoming a reborn virgin, and Hank finds out he was not Peggy's first. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, uh, so our A story here is Hank, Peggy, Luann. Um, you can you can kind of throw Rhett in there if you really want to, but I, I don't think he's need to. Like, oh, I definitely throw him in. Through. No, I throw him in. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's huge. He's why Luann is about to re forsake herself. Like, it's, I think he's a critical true. point. Well, and he but, is our guest star. You want to tell everybody who our guest star is? Uh, man, Johnny. When I watched this episode, I heard our guest star's voice, and I listened to him do a great job. And all I could think to myself was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's Owen Wilson, Wilson if you haven't figured that out. 
Fuck, we're on it tonight. I love it. (laughs) Fucking A, dude. Fucking A. Uh, Well, with that being said, man, let's hop into some notes. What do you got for me? I have an insane amount of notes. Holy shit, I took a lot, too. Cool. Um, I'll try and shotgun these as fast as I can, then. Yeah. Um, Number one, Zach is the highest guy ever in Texas. Holy (laughs) shit. I wrote down here, is his eyes red because he's stoned? Question mark. Yeah, he is. Makes sense. She's got kind of a type, right? Yeah. Because Buckley has to have been the second biggest stoner then. Well, I was going to say Gale was. I I bet Gale was the highest. And then Zach usurped his crown after Gale got clean post Sugarfoot's murder. Can you imagine if Gale and Buckley, like, partied together, what that would even look like? I bet it'd be really boring. Yeah? Yeah, dude, because it'd just be like Buckley, like, yeah, this is a good CD. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Gail's going, <laughs> oh, man, eBay auctions. And, like, they're both kind of high, <laughs> and they're both in their own weird world. But, like, Buckley's listening to music. So, like, Buckley somehow gets on the laptop. He's like, yo, is there the Pearl Jam CD? Yeah. Buy it. Like, I don't know. I can't cool. do a good Gail or Buckley. It's just me holding a bong hit. That's my Gail and or Buckley. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, sorry, I, I already distracted you. Go for it, buddy. Not even. You're fine. Um, This episode got me grounded when I was in seventh grade. We'll talk about that oh, later. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Kim. Kim in the virgin group. Kim is a horny girl. God damn. Good for her. 19. That's a lot of chocolate. <laughs> um, General note that I ain't right. Boy, Stroop is a cow. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Hank, this is a weird fan theory episode for me. I think that Hank has a weird, not affinity, but affinity for sex workers. Okay. Experience, maybe. Like, we talked before Hotel Arlen. Most fathers wouldn't do that to their boy, uh, for their uh, boy. For their so yeah, yeah. So, like, I wonder, and I also imagine that Cotton might have, would probably have normalized hookers for Hank at a very early age, just kind of thing. Like, you were in the car, and I'll be back in 15 minutes. And, like, okay. he goes and gets his nut off, and then, like, Hank saw him one time. I don't know. Or maybe maybe Hank Cotton brings him in the room, and then when Hank starts crying, Cotton just goes, What are you crying for, boy? This is a damn good show. Like, okay. So there's that. Um, he was – so we just watched in Ho oh Yeah, him and Tammy interacting, right? And, like, he nails it. But I think it, he, like, had all the pieces in place, and then he was able to nail it because he had some old reference to it. But my point is, I imagine that at a younger, younger age, like 16, 17, because Hank is, this episode shows us how fucking horny Hank Hill really is. Yeah. Like, I wonder if he didn't get his rocks off a couple times with hookers but didn't have sex with them. But, like, it was a different thing in his mind that he compartmentalized because of Cotton. That's just me being insane. This is four. Th- no, this is three in the morning notes writing, Mark. So don't give it a grain of salt <laughs> is my point. It's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just have, and I bet you can guess which one it is, Johnny. This fucking scene, dot, dot, dot. Which one am I talking about? And those are, those are just like, uh, dot, dot, dots, if that makes sense. Um, there's a couple here, man. Get, uh, are you talking get, about the rebirth scene? With yep. Luann and her whatnots? Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tell you what, Johnny. You're, you're, I read it. I read it for t- that scene. You're not talking about the jitterbug scene? <laughs> I got enough for that one, too. Don't worry. Um, 
you know, listeners, you know, I watched this on subtitles and this is just a weird, like closed caption note. Um, they say Whataburger, the, or Luann's talking about the, the diaper changing station in Whataburger. In subtitles, yep. it's Burger King. And I want to know, where's the grossest place to have sex in a fast food restaurant bathroom? My vote is, I'm thinking Arby's. Oh. And you know why. Hey, I'm loving it. Beef curtains! Um. <laughs> You're only allowed to say that once a year on your birthday, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're getting something other than Simpsons quotes into this. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hank tells Peggy that Wayne Trotter was gay. Yes. And she says, no, I guess that wouldn't make you feel better. Why not? Wouldn't that make him feel better? Because, okay. I... And don't take this as horrible as it's about to sound with me saying it, but wouldn't a gay dude be a scratch? Like, if this is like, you know, it's like a mulligan, right? Right. If we're if we're doing it from the rules of this episode, right? I don't know. I'm, I just if I know, like if I was I'm, Hank in this situation, I'd be like, okay, he was gay. I can get over that. Sure. I don't know why the gay thing has to even be a thing with these with with this. Like, I don't. Maybe maybe he's just like nothing is going to make him feel better. Because to me, it, that wouldn't matter to Hank. He doesn't really give a shit. We've, we'll see in just a, like, not too long from now, him interact with Bug Gribble, who is gay as the day is long. Like, it's it's not really an issue with him. But, yeah, no, that's, that's a weird line. And I've never, I've never given it more of a thought because I always just assume, yeah, they're in Texas. It's like, nobody wants to talk about gay people in Texas. An amazingly homophobic state. Also, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, still kind of is, if I'm reading the news right. But yeah, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they don't fucking <laughs> Listeners, put it Texas. on your bingo card. Johnny and I are railing on Texas. Also, hi to all of our Texas listeners. You represent our highest demographic. What are you still doing? Get your shit together. <laughs> Stop putting bounties on people trying to get fucking abortions. That's stupid. <laughs> also that. Um... I just noticed this is a fun animation note. I feel like it's kind of my deal to call these out. Luann has an Alan Jackson poster in her house. I thought that was, excuse me, neat. That's the curly-headed blonde dude in the back. Oh, I'm aware of who Alan Jackson is, Mark. Um, I am aware. I know. Without starting a fight. (laughs) Um, Moths in Peggy's headlamp was hilarious. That is in my, I think it's in my, uh, my favorite moments here, the sight gag. Could almost be like a pro slash favorite moment. I just really liked it. God, I just thought it was neat. Like it's a it's, it's a cool. That's an animation through. moment. Yeah, it, well, and it's it's just like a that stupid itty bitty headlamp has been around now for like two seasons, three seasons, and it's yeah. not ever going away. So eh, why not? Why not do something silly with it for a change? Absolutely. Um, and finally, uh, Boomhauer has a limo. Apparently, I want to know the story yeah. behind that. Yeah. I noticed that too. I didn't really make a note of it in here, but I, I'm glad you brought it up. I figured you would notice it. Um, like, yeah, what the hell? Boomhauer, tell Boomhauer we need his limo for tomorrow. What? Like, yeah, he's a car guy, but even car guys don't just fucking own limos. I think you need a special license for that, don't you? You do. You need to get a, a Class B. Um, it's like a limited Class B CDL because it's a chauffeur's yeah. license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I don't know, but you know, man, like Boomhauer having like more than one, uh, like what do you, I guess, what do you call that certification on his license would make a ton of sense anyway. So whatever, yeah. I'm willing to give it to him. 
Um, that's all my notes. I can see it. I, I had a bunch. I don't know. You, yeah. But no, it's what, good. Do you, what do you got I, for I have, me, buddy? I've got a bunch in here that are not that. Um, we have a re-mention of Rad Thibodeaux's, and I, I felt like oh, I yeah. needed to point that out. I didn't yep. even catch that. Good looking out. Yep. You're my Biakum. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Luann specifically mentions him in the uh, – him and Buckley and Zach and Buckley's friend. Like those are her four. It's his like, wow. ex-best okay. friend. His ex-best friend, yes, yes. Was it was um, it Rad his best friend? Or no, I, uh, that was different, right? No, it was, no, it was Buckley's best friend. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex-best friend, yeah. yeah. Um, also I've good to know in- she didn't nail Andy Dick. She didn't mention yes. Griffin, so good no. on Luan. Oh, God. Um, uh, let's see. I've got in here because I I noticed when they go to that abstinence meeting right at the very beginning, and it, God, it rubbed me wrong. Okay. Why is it that religion thinks it is okay to share such personal, personal information like your sexual history with everyone? I know that the joke in that is that Stroop says, we're going to break up into groups based on gender and explicitly share our sexual histories. And that's the joke. But it's not really a joke when it fucking happens, especially in Texas. Because like, it's, that, it's that cult ugh. thing. It's that cult thing of you are laying yourself bare you, you are literally, like, being as embarrassed as you can possibly be in front of a group of more or less abject strangers who you've probably only seen a couple dozen times, but now you share a bond. And this is now a secret bond that you share with these people, and it makes you stronger in the group, but it isolates you from the rest of the world. Like... I, I guess. It's like, I, it's like testimonials. It's like testimonials in, in, in church or whatever. And it's like, I was an alcoholic yeah. for 20 years before I found the Lord. And I had 22 DUIs, but only killed four horses. Like... You know, right. you are, you're emptying yourself out for the validation of strangers to tell you, no, no, you're good. Our sky daddy thinks that you're just tops now. I guess, you know, like to me, it seems very much like when people do this sort of shit. Uh, I, I watched a, a documentary series on HBO all about that sex cult that's in northern like Albany, New York. Uh, home of steamed hams. Yes, that Albany. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 there was some stamps, some hams getting steamed, Johnny. I'll tell you what. Yes. Um, and it's all about like this, this dude who was in charge of it and these women that were just making, forcing other women underneath them to give them, you know, ex- sexually explicit pictures and everything else. And they called it, they kept calling it collateral. And to me, that's what this feels like. It feels very icky. You're telling somebody the most private parts of your life that so that they can know them and so that if you ever try and turn your back on them, they can just call you out and be like, well, look at how many people you slept with. I know exactly how many. You know, shit yeah. like that. So it just – it God, it makes it feel so icky. I fucking hate that part of organized religion. That doesn't have any – like if you want to talk to a priest about it, fine, whatever, cool. Like – there's like legal ramifications if a priest breaks that breach and shit without it. And anyway, anyway, we're moving on. We're moving on from that. Um, this is the second of three weddings for Luann in this series, Mark. Whoa. Yep. Yeah. Because she married Bobby. She yep. is about to marry. Uh, oh God, it's not Red. It's uh, Rhett. Sorry, Rhett. I'm like. It, they're both R names. Like her, her last two boyfriends have been R names. It's like, eh. Uh, and then eventually she will marry Lucky. Y- yeah. Oh, I so, didn't realize that. Yeah. So Luan third time fucking weddings. Yep. Yep. Well, two it, and a half. Would you say it's the lucky charm? Uh-huh. Oh, now I will. Oh, I, that's so. I'm so upset. I got to take a drink because I'm proud of you. Mm. <laughs> um, okay. The music that that's playing at the Emergent Virgins dance, Mark. 
I'm glad you're here because I was hope I only caught like we're trying to get better about music, and I'm glad you picked yep. up these music cues because I forgot to write them oh, down yeah. and haven't no, I, had a I, chance I, to revisit. So yeah, I tried to grab a couple of them for a, a bunch of these episodes coming up here. So uh, the let's see here the dance that Luann and Rhett are jitterbugging to is uh, an instrumental version of Hey Pachuco. Okay, it's it is the. Um, Swing dance that uh, was made famous in G- the Jim Carrey movie The Mask. Oh. That is why you recognize it. Because to me, it sounds an awful lot like, and please forgive me for this terrible band name, The Cherry Poppin' Daddies. See, I yep, thought it was Cherry thing. Poppin' Daddies. Oh, no, I, I'm, I am well aware <laughs> of the Cherry fucking Poppin' Daddies. I hate them. I cannot stand the Cherry Poppin' Daddies. <laughs> Like, but it okay. sounds a lot like them, right? Yeah, it sounds. I thought that was them. I thought th- I thought you were going to tell me this was a Cherry Pop and Daddy song, and I was going to commit you with, "Oh, but Johnny, I know well of the Cherry Pop and Daddies." Ha ha ha! But uh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, and then I had almost a, a half brain stroke, and I had to rewind a bunch of times for the slow dance. So I heard Luann talk about getting railed on a Whataburger, uh, a ba- in a Whataburger <laughs> bathroom like four times because I kept thinking, "Holy shit, this is the song that I'm I'm used to watching Jack Nicholson get like." all jacked up to in The Shining, and it is not the same song. Really? It is what not. Is it? This one, uh, this is Moonlight Serenade by the Glenn Miller Band. That is the, that is. It is. No, no, no it no, is not. No, Moonlight the Stars in You is The Shining. Moonlight Serenade yep. is Captain America. Yep. Kiss me once and kiss me twice and kiss me once again. Yep. So, uh, Glenn Miller, fantastic. And they're, they sound very similar but uh yeah it's I, also I music like a from the 40s stroke. like go listen to the ink spots and literally every single sound is the same fucking instrument it's like the same music with different mm-hmm. words that are just slightly slightly different like <laughs> tell me you play fallout and listen to the music without telling me you play fallout and listening to the music mark uh johnny i also look into spots. <laughs> yeah i also listen to more than just set the world on fire and that other one that i can't think of the name of <laughs> big iron <laughs> that's marty robbins it's Marty Robbins and it's fan fucking tastic. No, they've got uh, okay. like no, they've got like three songs in between three New Vegas and four, but like they're they're just identical. But then like I don't know, I'm the kind of dude that like oh the Ink Spots, I'm gonna listen to these guys on Spotify so I can seem interesting on a podcast one day. And here I am seeming interesting on a podcast one day. I've listened to a lot of Ink Spots <laughs> and every single song is the same. Dun, 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 dun. It's whatever. Yep. Maybe, maybe right there. That's yeah, maybe. Maybe you'll think of me. It's that. It's the same. The same fucking lead into. Yep. I don't want to set the world on fire. Okay, I'm done bitching about the ink spots. I love the ink spots. Keep going, buddy. Yeah, you're good. I have one more in here, and it's uh, you, you know, uh, for you listeners here that also listened to uh, Mark's sister podcast. What is your sister podcast, Mark? The Two Wizards podcast. Yeah, uh, you all are very familiar with the fact that his other that his co-host on the Two Wizards uh, likes to go into his pseudo profession. Um, he does a lot of shit about ancient Greece, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because it's what it's what he studies. It's what he knows. It's what he has a very He's large a of knowledge on. Like it, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to take this instance to definitely pull a Josh. And talk okay. to you for a couple minutes about polyamory, because I wrote an eight-page research paper on that for my master's course this year. 
And this seems like a very appropriate time to talk about it because there is a lot of heteronormative shaming here in this episode. And if it occurred now, it probably would still be written exactly like this. But in about 10 years, I doubt it would be because this is a it's a very large like relationship not issue uh, relationship construct that is now finally getting to see like a lot of light it's starting to get examined and the idea behind it is that if somebody is polyamorous a polyamorous person is not someone who who necessarily just wants to fuck other people um is not somebody that just wants to be a swinger or anything else like that polyamory is specifically i have more than one partner that i feel romantic love for and so i i just i found it super interesting to talk about how how shamed everybody gets in this for having more than one partner and how ridiculously strict and religious this whole thing is. I know that's a big thing in King of the Hill that Hank is a very good Methodist man and and it's one of the one of his like guiding principles and values and yet I have to imagine if Hank Hill met a non-heteronormative like a poly couple or a poly triad and got a chance to talk with them and found out, oh, wow, you like uh, you like the Cowboys and you like grilling and you like propane. What the hell? Why not? Uh, before it all goes horribly wrong, he wouldn't have an issue with it, right? Right. Because Hank is an open-minded person. I just uh, – guys, this is my little PSA here. If somebody wants to enjoy that sort of thing, don't immediately shit on them. Just go and support them. You don't have to go and jump into bed with them and be their, their third triad. You don't have to be the person that, that like, shares their bed with them half, half the fucking week. You don't have to be the person that moves in with them, their husband, and their three kids. Like, that's not what you need to do. But be a fucking ally and support your friends when they want to make this sort of shit because – polyamory is a normal fucking thing and some people have a lot of love to give right yes they do and yeah like have you read um sex at dawn i don't think so you oughta that's right up your alley well not right up your alley (laughs) that makes it sound like i think you're just horny all the time but it's why humans mate the way that we do and this woman goes down the 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 woman who wrote it goes into like detail of all the other like primates and like the only other primate that is monogamous is bonobos. Okay. And it's just real trippy. Like, uh, the first thing that, like, chimp groups will do when they meet each other is literally just split off and fuck. Okay. Because it, like, fosters, like, feelings of, like, goodwill and nature and stuff. It's probably improving your gene pool a little bit. Like, the but, yeah, except for bonobos. They pick a mate, and they usually mate for life. It's really neat. But, like, yeah, we are apes. Like... Uh-huh. It's it's probably okay uh, okay I'm not endorsing anything I'm not de de endorsing no, yeah. I don't know what you call that de- defaming I'm not de- I'm not endorsing and I'm not defaming anything but like there's probably a reason that like so many humans can't maintain like monogamous rela- relationships because I don't know if we're necessarily wired to right some some people are and a lot aren't like. But also, like, you know, societal constraints and stuff and, like, oh, divorce and, you know, all this. This this episode kind of shows why we're kind of in, like, a shit place society-wise 20 years ago. And at least it's getting a little bit better now. Like, I can say, like, if somebody said, oh, yeah, I took down 16 dudes, I'm like, all right, that's whatever. Okay, cool. Like, good on you, I guess. Yeah. Is body count a big deal? I don't think so. But, like, if you keep track of it, that's on you. I don't know. But... Yeah. yeah. But no, I, the last thing I'll say about poly couples and, and poly relationships and everything else like that is um, 
a lot of this boils down to circumstance and sometimes people do it because they have the ability to and it actually is more helpful to their family unit because let's be real here if you've got three parents instead of two that's three people that are all working that's three people that are all contributing to your household and that's three people that are there if one of them can't watch you and like maintain and, and engage you as a kid like there's all sorts of shit and as far as as things about sexual promiscuity goes, poly couples have historically been incredibly be- like much better than everyone, every other group out there about being sexually aware and doing their tests and making sure that they are safe when they when they are engaging in like multiple relationships and shit. So, yeah. You y- go ahead and slut shape all you want. They're fucking being safer than you are probably. Anyway, I haven't had an get- STD STD test in like 14 years. Yeah, like there you go. Mark, let's go to pros and cons because I will get off my soapbox about polyamory, but goddamn, I wanted to pull a Josh. I wanted to pull a Josh when I found out that I could. Hell yeah. No, absolutely. And also, <laughs> watch your mail. You're getting sex at dawn. You'll, you'll appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I'm sending you my dirty books, Johnny. <laughs> let's do it. Give me some pros, buddy. <laughs> pros, here we go. Man, I tried to go into my phone to find the note for it. I think I'm tired. Um <laughs> Owen Wilson absolutely crushes it in this episode. Yeah, I have in here, he's such a pant load. He is a pant load, but he's the better pant load. Like, yeah, he's just very earnest. He's very sweet. He's very genuine. When he's given his testimonial before the, the fucking men's group and shit, like, he feels so terrible. He has sinned in the eyes of his God. He's very, like, sincere. It's great. I love it a lot. Um, To, to that end, Peggy absolutely crushes it holy shit does kathy and jimmy crush it in this episode i i really i today was like maybe the first day that i've watched this episode and appreciated her story of her and wayne trotter yeah yeah like before i just haha peggy had sex with a gay guy (laughs) but like now i'm like oh my god that's that's an amazing performance out of peggy yeah Um, pro bobby dancing i love that bobby's a great dancer (laughs) <laughs> you think he found his sport, Mark? I reckon he did. <laughs> um, we all saw we all saw them, Dooley. We all saw Luann's panties. Yep, just sort <laughs> panties. Uh, you are you have come around so hard on Dooley. I feel like in this entire process, I've not and it come makes around me on so Dooley. happy. No, sir, I've not. I'm not sick of Dooley yet. We're seeing. Like, if you go back and listen to our backlog, we don't see Dooley a lot. Like No, it's true. And when we do, he's used really well. Well, no, that's just it. I feel like you and I have had conversations where you're like, I don't like him. Oh, no. A- as a general like rule, I don't like him. But I don't like him because he got overused. Like, he sh- started showing up in every episode. And, like, I'm sorry, dude. I peed in some kid's locker. Is fantastic. That's a great <laughs> Dooley line. It, you don't, like, Peggy is explaining. Watch. Exactly. These little one-liners. Dooley's a fant- Dooley is the Mitch Hedberg of King of the Hill. Okay. He only knows how to do it in one-liners, which is good. And you know what? If Mitch Hedberg was still alive, I bet we'd get sick of him too, is my point. You don't see... We haven't really seen too much Dooley yet, and I really appreciate it. I'll, okay. I'll let you know when the jump happens, though. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, I like that Hank was the horny one. Okay. Because he has that bit, you made me wait. I love that. I think that's so great when he's yelling at Peggy about her and Wayne or whatever. Right? It's. It, I feel like this is. It's a weird. 
it's a weird dynamic between the two of them. Yes. Yes, it is. It, 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 it's like, and I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe it's because we, it's in my cons, actually. We've already seen the flip side of this entire fucking episode. Okay. We, we, it's uh, the whole episode of I Remember Mono. It's the exact same fucking episode, just with the less higher stakes, and the roles are reversed. Hank is the one that did something that Peggy didn't know about, and she holds a fucking grudge when she finds out. Okay. Like, we've already seen this episode. And so maybe, I don't know, like, I like Hank in this because it's a, I wasn't expecting to see his perspective or to see him get put into those shoes. And he does it, and he's relatively okay with it. Like, he's not uh, obnoxious about it. You, You definitely feel like he's got his rights. Um, and you understand why, like, nope, I can't just let this go. This is a very big fucking deal to me. He does it without coming off like a smug asshole. You know, but did you think about it too? Like, Hank Hill, okay, man, we can already assume that Boomhauer was getting it in in high school. Yeah. Hank could have equally gotten in as much if he wasn't dating Peggy. Oh, yeah. He even says he, he dated a lot. He dated a lot, sure, but, like, remember, like, he's old-fashioned, too, so, like, dating is like, oh, yeah, we went out one time, and I don't know, maybe, I don't know. You, you, my point is you're not fucking on the third date at Arlen High School. Or maybe you are, I don't know. But, like... Yeah, but Hank doesn't do thir- third dates, that's what it is. There it is. <laughs> Hank only fucks to the beat. Um, like... <laughs> hey, he, he likes it when you got multiple suitors, right? <laughs> He likes that. Yeah, it's like, because Hank is horny. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> just like his mom's day. I thought you were going to say just like his mom, and I was like, nah, Cotton's definitely hornier than Tilly. But then I get to thinking uh-huh. about it. I bet Tilly is hornier than Cotton. I don't want to think about that, though. Um, No, I just, like, Hank could have ostensibly gotten down quite a bit, and quite often, I imagine. And he yeah. didn't because he was with Peggy. And it's not like that regret. But I kind of think about that. Like, you know me. I had a girlfriend all through college in one way or another. And, like, I'm not saying, boy, I wish I got laid a lot more in college. Because I don't. Like, that's not the person I am. But you could have. Yeah. You know? If I could go back and give myself advice, I'd be like, hey, don't date anybody until you're a fucking senior, dumbass. Like, call it good. Just call it good. You know? Yeah. But- I say I, I dated the same woman my entire college career. I know you did. Her. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, I, I'm glad that Hank's horny. I like it. And finally, Johnny, oh, my, yeah. my pro, this is this should almost be my favorite moment, but it can't be because it didn't happen. Pursuant to Hank being horny, he is going to fuck Peggy in his truck so hard in like <laughs> 15 minutes. At the end of this episode, he's gonna. Oh, not, not even, put... not even fifteen minutes, man. I give it three. He's getting beyond the trees. <laughs> he's getting. I know, but like, I imagine it's Hank, so he's gonna kind of. Well, all right, I'm gonna take your mother home now, or whatever. And he's gonna like, he's got to like say goodbye to everybody to make sure, like, to establish his alibi. And then he's gonna go do it, like. <laughs> but then he's it brings look up the with question. Her whatnots. Oh, he's going to do more than just look at her whatnots. He's going to do things you can't even imagine to her whatnots. <laughs> anyway, give me some give me some pros, or, or are you out of pros? Yep. No, 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 no. I haven't given you mine yet. Okay. Uh, and I know that because my very first one here is going to make you chuckle. Mm-hmm. Missy Mellons is on full display in this episode, Mark. Oh, boy, don't I know it. I Like, that's the only way I can describe tit-heavy Luann episodes is they're Missy Mellons. It's good. I like that. Yeah. 
Um, and goddamn, did they do it? They do a whole thing about sexualizing the shit out of her in this, and then that is the point. But guys, my boy can only handle so much. You know who I blame is uh, Hyuk and what's his nuts. <laughs> yep. And his writing partner, Alan Gregory. Gregory and Hyuk. Yep. Those bastards. These guys. Because I noticed this. I have a note about this in um, uh, The Trouble with the Gribbles. Like, we're getting into now, instead of Luann being just, like, tangentially hot, like, Luann exists and Luann is hot, now we're relying on Luann's hotness to be plot points in episodes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. And I don't like it. I don't like male gaze Luann, but whatever. That'll come when we get more into... That'll be that'll be next week, guys. Listen to me get we all good get and feminist next fucking week. It's all right. We're going to get a zenith. Um, Mark, did you notice that uh, one of your favorite lines made a re- reappearance in this? Which one? Uh, a sponsor like the drunks have? Oh, shit. It's, yeah. it's not exactly your line, but it's close, close enough that I was like, oh, I miss Mark now. Like the drunks. Because I'm a drunk. Yep. No, no, because like, nope. yeah, <laughs> no. we take it one day at a time, he... like the drunks do. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> Both and, uh, of the them. Last, <laughs> the last pro I have in here is who's the absolute perfect person for Bobby to try and convince to go abstinent, Mark? Oh, dude, Bill. It's Boomhauer. Yeah, but Bill's this like the best sell. Like, yeah. Oh, Bill is the best sell, but for comedy effect. It's yeah, Boom Howard. Yeah, yeah. And they oh, knew hey. it. And it's amazing. Because he just oh, hey. dead. He no-sells him and deadpans him. Yeah. Like, he wants nothing to do with that. Also, I took a picture of that. I'm going to read you the abstinence card. Oh, please do. I didn't take a uh, look at that. All right. So, I, blank name, choose to be abstinent and to, put, to postpone sexual involvement until marriage. I understand that the choice I make now can and will affect my future. I also commit to supporting my friends and peers in their choice of abstinence. Okay, so that's like legit. What do you bet one of these guys actually had one? This episode is one of those ones that's like Mitch the Pig and it's kind of just written too well to just be a joke. Right? Yeah. Somebody had to go through this kind of like abstinence only bullshit and I feel real bad for him. Oh. Uh, but th- so those are the pros I got for this episode, Mark. Give me some of your cons, buddy. Uh, some of my cons don't really have a ton, but they're big ones that I do have. Uh, number one, the entire scene in the church. I hate every second of it. I hate judgmental Christians. They are the worst type Ugh. of person on the entire fucking planet. Moving Agreed. on. Not even talking about it. Not even talking about it because we ain't got the time tonight. Um, con number two. I am uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Johnny, it's Luann. Okay. Yep. And then it's Luann swing dancing. Okay. And it's Luann's cans in the water, Mark. And it's Luann's cans in the water. <sighs> okay. And now I got to come out and just say this. I got to get this off my chest. Peggy's hot in this episode. We've talked about sundress Peggy. Man. Mm. Also, con. Peggy didn't have bigger nipples. Whatever. Um. The Abstinence Club. It's MLM for kids and I hate it. If, if Okay. If you're going to say, look, kids, don't have sex till you're married because you're not emotionally mature enough to handle with the consequences and, like, I'm not emotionally mature enough as your parent to say, look, this is a condom, this is proper use of a condom, yada yada fart, whatever. Like, sex education is important, I get it. But if you're, like, yeah. driving it as, like, look, it is my own personal belief based off of my religious choices up until I make my own real choice later on in life because I realize I can do this thing, and you decide that you're abstinence, that's fine. 
Like, you know what? I, I appreciate Hank's model of abstinence when he says that Coach wanted us to save it for the game because that was, like, legitimate, like, theory back in the day. Like, oh, if you have sex, it's going to yeah. make you soft. Um, Muhammad Ali talked about that all the time. Like, he could never get down before a match because it was going to make him less of a boxer. That shit's cool. Whatever. Self-imposed is fine. Whatever. But, like, sure. the MLM strategy for the kids, it makes me sick to my goddamn stomach. I hate that shit. It's gross. <laughs> But um, you can get an MP3 player, Mark. I I reckon. I reckon. And finally, which I didn't. <laughs> I huh? didn't write it down. That should be my retro rage for this, though. At least it's. But you know what? It's a cool rage, though, because last season it would have been a CD player, and now that we're in 2001, it's an MP3 player. That's true. They are. We're getting, all watching. We're already watching technology jump. I think that's really cool. Um. And finally, did you see what Peggy was wearing at that goddamn swing dance? I did not. It might be her worst outfit to date. It is Ooh. a mustard color shirt and a brown pants skirt. Yikes. And sometimes it's pleated and looks like pants. I thought she was wearing like pant pants, like Peggy pants, you know? Is but it, then is later it, in later cuts, it's like a skirt. And it's like, oh, so that's offensive in two forms of clothing. Anyway. Is that worse than her isotoner dress that she wears? I think so, because mustard and brown is goddamn offensive. This is yeah, not but isotoner is skin tone. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, How about you, buddy? Okay, you want, yeah, let's get to my cons here. Uh, first one here, Luann's cans in the water. I wrote that down. It's not really a con for me. It's a con for you, because I know it makes you feel weird, buddy, so I had to, I had to call it out. I felt gross uh, this episode, dude. <laughs> Uh, I feel like we've got some continuity issues here, but you and I, we did a deep dive a couple, like, this is probably, like, shit, 20 episodes ago, it feels like, about when Hank and Peggy married. Like, we laid out the timeline of how old they were when they married, how old they were when they had when they had Bobby, when they got uh, Lady Bird, like, all that sort of shit. Did they really marry Pregnant when they were pause. 18? Yeah. What's that? Did they really Did wait? they get married when they were 18? I think they did. Because I know cause... they did I know they didn't have Bobby when they were 18. No, they had Bobby because what do we figure? They were 33, right? Uh, so Hank is 42 and Bobby is 13. So he's, he was 29 when he had Bobby. 29, yeah. So, yeah, I that mean, if they got married at that, 18. That okay. really, really tracks, though, because that would be 11 years of them trying, right? Eight, yeah, 18 to 29 yeah. would be 11 years of them trying to have a kid. Okay. Yeah, that totally tracks. Um, I think that I did... I did notice that the like the the continuity was different for this, but I kind of wonder if this isn't the master timeline. Okay, like if this is just trying to retcon everything. Maybe not retcon, but just kind of tie up loose ends because we're getting to the point. Because this is what season five by this point. Like, yeah, this is the time when people are starting to get real shitty about timelines and shit. So they're kind of like, well, we need an episode to like block out our history. Okay, maybe I don't know. It's a good point though. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I feel like you and I have addressed this before. I'll have to go back and, and look at my former notes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I almost – it has to be like, yeah, all my notes and shit for pregnant pause. I don't want to pull them up now, though. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to listen to that episode. Let's – God. Uh, th this episode – I already mentioned this. It's a flip of I Remember Mono, but I think this is the better one. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I would much rather watch – um, somebody get slut shamed with a bunch of Hershey's kisses and Luann get weird and giant jiggly tits, then watch Peggy just like go fucking Rocky Balboa on a side of beef. 
you know? So it's not uh, cool then, to see Hank go Rocky Balboa on. Oh, I don't know. What what would he break? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maxi pad? I don't know. Try to find the female equivalent here. It's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> On Luan's oh. face. He just decks Luan. <laughs> just, just lays into her. Um, just like fucking one punch man's Luan. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> And uh, the last one I have in here, it's a con. I noticed near the end of the episode, we see a lot of teeth from Luann. And it's very off-model. Like, the, you see huh. more teeth in her mouth than you should. And it was just an animation quirk that I couldn't get over because I'm like, this, is, this does not look like Luann in the face. Yeah, okay. Man, yeah. I might need to go back and check that. Okay, cool. But it was it's specifically it where she's telling Hank, like, Hey, no, I called the wedding off, and you need to get together with Peggy, and even oh. Robert Stroop thinks so. It, look at her mouth in that episode, and tell okay. me that it doesn't look a little little strange. Okay. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get to favorite moments, buddy. Favorite moments. Um, I don't even know. Oh, oh, oh! It's not because I'm horny. Please don't think that I'm horny. Okay. Sure. It's Peggy's virgining scene. Okay. I like I like all that. I like I just like all of it. I like I like Hank. I like Peggy. I like Hank going, "Oh, that's just stupid." But then I like seeing Hank like kind of not fall in love with Peggy again or whatever, but he's been a real dick to Peggy these last couple days and stuff. And now they've it's taken something as stupid in. as getting the, you know, the reverend to dunker in the lake, but now here he is and he's not it's over. Like this <laughs> argument what's, what's, is over. <laughs> Solving their arguments just going to involve a very big dicking. It is, but then, and that but feels then I human. like the knowledge that Hank is about to go put the boots to Peggy. You know, Peggy's going to put the boots to Hank, medium style. Like <laughs> it's going to be Peggy doing it this time, and I like that. I think it, I just like it. I like all of it. I like the, the. It's really well drawn. I like the recognition in Hank's face, like as he's like kind of taking the moment. I like all of that. I like Luann giggling about who's about to go do it. I just. It's a good little scene there. How about you, buddy? Right. It's not because uh, I'm so horny. We, I'm not that horny, you guys. No, I, I <laughs> swear to God, I'm not that horny. It's all good, buddy. Um, we mentioned one already, the sight gag for Peggy's headlight and the moths that surround it. Uh, I really liked that. Um, I I love Peggy's lineup. Oh, he was not broken, just gay. Very, very gay. <laughs> it's, it's very tolerant for Texans in uh, the 2000s. Um, and the smirk, I, I, the smirk that you get from Reverend Stroop when she's looking at, what's her name? Annie? The horny 19? one? 19? Yes. Kim. Kim was horny. Kim. So the smirk she gives her, that's a lot of chocolate. And then she just like smirks at her. It makes me think like, dude, is Stroop, does she swing for both sides? Like, is she a switch hitter? Oh, no. Ooh, ooh, no. Ooh, Maybe. Go back through and watch it and just, I mean, maybe I'm looking into it. I usually fucking hate when people try and, and, and ship this and make people into, like, these these icons that they're very clearly fucking not just because they can. Like how I, Hank I don't kills know. an autistic lesbian? Yeah, I know what you're yes. talking about. Yeah. Yes. But, like, fuck, dude, I could I would believe it with what I know of Stroop and what I know of, of like, her religion and the fact that she is a woman that has fucking needs. And you know what? If you're desperate enough to go for Bill, there's guaranteed going to be some women out there that are fucking attractive to you. Hmm. 
So, uh, a lot of good good moments and stuff in this. Um, bro, let's uh, let's get this guy rated. Tell us about our rating system. Our rating system. I wish like hell I could give you a cute little like breakdown for this, but I can't. <laughs> so I'm just gonna give it to you. Levels like of blue and hotness. <laughs> no. Our blue no. flame of valor is the manger baby ex Luan sex dream I will have eventually, where gurgle gurgle <laughs> gives me a reach a reach around while Luan and the donkey give me a rusty trombone. But um, Obadiah, <laughs> what what? He's nutting in my face. Okay, I'm done. Um, our rating system goes like this: at the very very bottom, the F rank tier, the worst that you can possibly have, a failure of an episode, a failure of TV, and an ultra failure for King of the Hill is a charcoal. It's trash. Nothing more to say about it. Above that is Megalo. Megalo is like the C rank. It's our bronze rank. It's not a good episode. It's really not that enjoyable. But there's little nuggets in there that you're going to find because it's a turd, and the nuggets of goodness are the bits of corn. But you see them sticking out, and you can appreciate them. <laughs> Above that is our butane rating. Butane is a bastard gas, and it is a bastard episode. And it's this is a pretty all rightish episode. It's not that good, but it's really more good than bad. And it's what you're going to hold on to. This is going to be like the through line of most of King of the Hill. I'm calling it. it. They're mostly butanes. But if they're not butanes, if they're better than a butane, they become a Char King. A Char King is a gold standard. It's our A rank. It's a really, really solid episode of King of the Hill. Um... It really, a, a, a Char King could be a blue... Fl- or, or, I'm sorry, try it again. Really, the only thing that stops a Char King from being the perfect episode of King of the Hill is maybe something gets dropped, maybe there's a scene that doesn't work for you, or 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 you lack context to make it great. One that sticks out in my mind is The Wedding of Bobby Hill. A fantastic episode, but if you haven't watched the entire series up till now, it's going to be kind of weird for you. But if you have watched it, or you haven't watched it, the best episode that you are going to find... It doesn't matter how you're going to get to it. You're just going to get to it. And that's our Blue Flame of Valor. If it's a Blue Flame of Valor, that means it's not only a great episode of King of the Hill, but it's one of the best episodes of King of the Hill. It's one of the best episodes of television. It's one that you can show to anybody at all, and they're going to love it. Go watch a firefighting We Will Go. This is me and Johnny's, like, Blue Flame, or, like, standard rating for, like, any episode you can go show to somebody to get them into King of the Hill. Firefighting We Will Go is a blue flame of valor. However, that's not what this one is. Johnny, what are you giving Luann Virgin 2.0? I gave it a butane, man. Uh, Middle of the road. It's got some continuity issues, it feels like. But I I like your theory here that they're trying to just kind of tie everything together and put their ducks in a row because people are now getting kind of – like they're getting nitpicky and comic book guy-y about this because everybody's got the fucking internet and they can. Um so I don't hate this episode by any means. There's a lot of really good stuff in it. Owen Wilson is a fantastic guest star for somebody that was not that big at the time. Like Owen Wilson was so his... great in this. Yes. God, yes, yes, what yes. was his biggest movie in 2001? Shit. Uh, Bottle Rocket? Well, hang on. We're going to figure this out. We ha- here at the Dangle Podcast have access to IMDb. Yes, we do. Owen Wilson. Oh, dude, fuck you. I already put a nail in your coffin, bud. Did I? Yeah, the first thing that pops up is the Royal Tannenbaums in 2001. Okay, but yeah, see, he wouldn't have, he would have, it came out in 2001. He, I don't think oh, it so came did out this, that Oh, early. wait, okay, okay, so okay. Double no, back, Trust double me, back. I love that, but. No, here we like, go, here uh, we go. It, Bottle Rocket. 
the hell? Oh, apparently there's a 13-minute bottle rocket. Oh, interesting. All right, he was in The Cable Guy in 1996 as Robin's Date doesn't count. Owen Wilson, or wow, sorry, um, Anaconda as Gary Dixon. Oh, wow, he was in Anaconda. In oh, 1997, um, Armageddon, 1998 as Oscar. Permanent Midnight, 1998 as Nikki the Minus Man as Van in 1999. Breakfast of Champions as Monty Rapid. Oh, shit, he was in The Haunting. I forgot about that. Okay. Um, oh, Oh, I found it, dude. I found them. I found both of them. What's his, what's his big one? Uh, there's two of them, back-to-back. Back. Shanghai Noon and Meet the Parents. Oh, yep. Okay. And then in 2001, he was Hansel and Zoolander and Eli Cash in the Royal Tannenbaums. So, okay. We're he in, wasn't like, the bad. golden he era. He wasn't... Yeah, that was like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, all four of those movies are very, very watchable still to this day. Dude, Shanghai Noon is amazing. Go watch Shanghai Noon if you can find it, guys. <laughs> Chong Wang's a terrible Western name, man. It's a terrible cowboy name. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, uh, that, I gave I gave it a butane, man. What do you what'd you give it? Uh, I gave it a chartane, but now that I talk to you, no, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it as chartane. I really like a lot of this episode. I like a lot of the continuity that we're laying down, or maybe not laying down so much as just reaffirming. I feel like you and I don't have to bitch each other anymore about what year Peggy moved to Texas from Montana, and that's kind of freeing for me, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's a good episode, and quite frankly, it's going to make me have a lot of gross thoughts about things later on. But before we get too deep into that, I think we ought to get into our next episode, Johnny. Let's talk I about agree. Hank's choice. Let's do it, and let's get a little drum roll. This is episode 100, guys. You have been with us for a hundred episodes, which, by my count, Mark, we're just under 50 episodes ourselves, right? Because we did a couple of triples here. I think we're damn near, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah just that's, about there. That's a body of work, son. Oh, man. When I think of all the time that I've put in love into this podcast that I withheld from my family and man <laughs> the tender feelings you've withheld yeah <laughs> yep. i feel you uh well mark this there was no april fools on april 1st 2001 when hank's choice premiered written by john Vitti, our cast of characters is hank peggy and bobby hill <laughs> luann <you>. platter <laughs> what <laughs> you hate how suave that was you hate just how fucking smooth that was i know you do i <laughs> just Camp star. I was a goddamn I was a goddamn vaudeville star in an earlier life and you just don't know it yet. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> our, Hank, our our cast of characters here are Hank Hill, Peggy Hill, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale, Nancy, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Min and Connie Supanusapone, Ladybird, and a credits scene from Stuart Dooley. Um, Mark, our synopsis, Bobby develops an allergy to Ladybird and grows accustomed to having his own space away from the family in the backyard doghouse. Bobby is literally in the doghouse. <laughs> he is in the doghouse. I gotta ask, too. I've been thinking about this the whole time we've been recording. How the hell did you get out of that dog loo? Uh, well, that was definitely just a story, but yeah. Oh. It wasn't real. Oh, see, because <laughs> sometimes I know you to, like, tell me the truth, because sometimes I'll tell you the truth in these deals, but... Man, I hoped against hope. All right, never mind. Hey, I, I tell you what, man, it's just gonna—we're gonna leave it. You can cut this out, and it'll be a mystery. Good Only enough. no. Only I will know. 
Um, our A story characters here: Hank, Bobby, and Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Um, Thank you for doing it right. I have to. I know how much you hate her and how much you want to see her die. Uh, Mark, let's get to some I notes. I don't Mark. want to see her die. I just don't want her to exist anymore. <laughs> you want to see her do anything else? I just anything at was, all. If this was the episode where we put Lady Bird down, yeah, whatever. I'm fine with it. Um, anyway, notes. Yeah, number one, Johnny. We have a returning character here. Did you recognize it? A returning character or character trait? Sorry. I don't think so. Oh, Bobby. maybe. Maybe. What you got? Is it a Frenchman's wave? It's the fucking Frenchman's wave, buddy. Bobby uses Ooh. that Frenchman's wave on Hank. It's my first note in here. <laughs> don't you use that Frenchman's wave with me, Mark. I love it. I love it. We <laughs> both have that. That's fantastic. Um, I can tell you right now. I don't know when this episode will drop. Probably sometime in August or September. But right now in the month of May when we're recording it. Johnny. I have cedar fever like a son of a bitch. You know what cedar fever is? I don't, but it sounds awful. It's literally just hay fever brought on by trees. Yikes. I am allergic to pine trees and cottonwood trees, and I live in a place that is named the Cottonwood Grove in Spanish. And, like, yeah, I'm better than I was, like, two weeks ago. You saw me two weeks ago. You saw how messed yeah. up I was. Like, yeah. yeah well, oh, God, and the I cotton hasn't cotton really... The cotton hasn't even started to fly yet down there, has it? No, it hasn't. But they did open up, and I'm better now. But, like, man, when that pine blows off the mountains, I'm going to be a mess. Um, yes. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. I looked up cedar fever, and apparently it's just, like, you have allergic reactions to trees. Um, how come Luann can't take Ladybird? Uh, say that one more time. Why can't Luann take Ladybird? I don't know, but honestly, I think Hank is smart. He's smarter to give her to Bill than Luann, because I think you can trust Bill just a little bit more not to fucking kill her. Maybe. Probably, yeah. Like, I, I, Hank has at least a little bit more trust in that. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good enough. Um, that's my reasoning, because realistically, yeah, she should go to Luann. She spent way more time with Luann. Luann's got that whole big-ass house by herself. Shit, Ladybird could go and work on fucking water aerobics for her shitty joints in her pool. I bet I bet Hank would, like, think of that as a selling point, but I feel like we don't see Luann in this episode at all, even. Do we? No, like, uh, maybe? I don't feel like she even showed up. It was like the Hank's truck one that we just, uh, chasing Bobby. And, like, Luann could have solved the problem, but she didn't even show up in the episode. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was me. Um, I damn want, you, Brittany Murphy. Damn you. Being all fucking big and hip off your stupid Eminem movie. Um, <laughs> I really need an allergy pill coma where I sleep for 18 hours straight. I think I could definitely benefit from that. Oh. Um, and finally, Bobby really sucks in this episode, but then I also understand, like, that sweet, sweet drug that is, uh, independence, so, okay, yeah, I get it. Right. What about you, buddy? Uh, so, first line in here, Bobby gives Hank the Frenchman's wave, thank you for calling it out. <laughs> um, Mark, what's the weirdest pill reaction you've ever had? Like, you, you've had a decent amount of medication in your life, I would imagine. Yeah, um, my doctor put me on trazodone for depression. And um, I had a really, really severe auditory hallucination one morning when I was cleaning the wet rack. Um, I heard rushing okay. water just, like, closing down on every side of me, and I was, like, freaking out. My, my at the time, manager came in and found me, like, curled up on the banana, like, underneath the bananas because, like, 
I was just free. I was losing my fucking shit. I couldn't not yeah. hear like roaring torrents of water. And then I went cold turkey off Trazodone, and that was that. How about you, buddy? Uh, honestly, it's kind of funny you say that. Uh, I was also Trazodone. Holy um, shit! I that was the first one that they tried me on when I was uh, looking into antidepressants and things like that. And my doctor said, you know, like this is definitely not as like it's not really an antidepressant. It's to help you sleep better. And I said, okay, cool, whatever. He's like, yeah, well, a lot of times people that are depressed, they just don't have enough, they, they don't get enough sleep or enough quality sleep. So this is supposed to help you sleep better. Um, so I I took, uh, let's see, I had to take like 50 milligrams and then 100 and then 150. I had to taper myself up. And I think I did one night at 150 and I had the worst night's sleep of my entire life. I woke up like 20 times. I got almost insomnia from it. And then it was just like, I, I felt drunk but not drunk, if that makes sense. You, it was, it was a you weird like out-of-body experience. Right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, it you, was know, like a weird... you know what scene you're in, but you don't remember the scene that led up to that scene, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it felt Fuck like Trazodone. I was like, just like, like awake and yet dreaming at the same time. Like I was, It was almost like I was living in a lucid dream. And I'm like, nope, not doing this shit ever again. Yeah. And so I tapered myself back off, and I made an appointment with my doctor the next day. It was like, I'm not doing this. So you and I need to figure out something else. And then I was on a different antidepressant for a couple months and now I'm off it. So we're good. Uh, I just thought it was interesting to see like Bobby's had some weird pill reactions before. Bobby like, does a lot of smell... drugs. Holy shit. Does he Bobby really does. Drugs. Yeah. Like he's been able to smell the milk going bad. He's been able to hear like flies like rubbing their wings and shit together. Now he's got an invincible COVID hot sauce tongue. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, you okay. You that now, for a while, didn't you? Uh, I had COVID. I never had COVID hot sauce tongue. I though. thought you got the I, hot I still... sauce. No, my mom got hot sauce tongue. Never mind. Sorry. No, no, my olfactory nerve is still screwed up, and that's not from COVID. That's from the flu. Oh, buddy. Found out found that out yesterday when I went to go and get a burrito bowl and had to breathe through my mouth the entire time I was in the restaurant because everything smelled like rotting garbage. Oh God. Um. Yeah. It's uh, three months later. It's still fucked up. It's fantastic. Uh. Okay. So, Mark. Yes, I did. I did some uh, minor contracting uh, schematics here for you. Okay, and this is this is the sort of shit that you listeners. I know that you you listen for this this weird, random, obscure nonsense that shouldn't make any fucking sense. But uh, shit, if you're watching King of the Hill, you have to like home improvement at least a little bit, so you'll find it kind of interesting. It's like me knowing just how just how much like moisture you need to grow Raleigh St. Augustine, or or um, you know what what pesticides work. Oh, it's very spe- specific and minute. So at a cost of 10 to $12 per square foot, that is how expensive it costs to put radiant heating in a floor, Mark. Say it again, 10 to $12 per square foot? Per square foot. If you that had to guesstimate... That insane to me. Uh-huh. If you have to estimate, essentially, that Lady Bird's house, if it's big enough for... At the very end, we see Peggy and we see Dooley sitting in there, and there's uh-huh. room. You know, they're not, like, cramped, but they're in there. I would estimate... Uh, on the low end here 20 square feet does that sound about right yeah about yeah okay he paid 200 dollars just for the flooring in his doghouse i buy that that's I amazing totally buy that it's hank it's I, lady it's I hank the lady bird yes he did like yeah oh i fucking love that like i Cost absolutely zero love that option for this for this man like <laughs> not for his dog exactly yeah like it ain't yeah 
I just, I, I, I don't know why I got a bug in my ass about it. Maybe it's because the place that my wife and I just signed for has got radiant, radiant heating in the floors on the first level. So I'm really excited about it. But damn, dude. 200 bucks for a doghouse. Yeah, it's pretty rough. That dog is living like a king. Yeah. But it's uh, also Ladybird. Yeah. It is. Um, let's get into pros and cons. And I sure hope you have some pros because I have one. And I don't even know if it's really a pro. It's just something. Um. Yeah, I'll rattle mine off for you because I have three times what you have. <laughs> Number one, Merlin tattoo. I love that Bobby wants yes. a Merlin tattoo. Yes. I love how oh. smug Hank is, too. You sure you still want that Merlin tattoo? <laughs> um, It's not a, it's sort of a Dale line, but in my head, I just kind of like extrapolated Dale looking at the model for the house. What is this? A dog house for ants? Yep. Um, and also a weird pro for me. This is a weird spot to be in. I don't hate Lady Bird in this episode. Okay. And I think it's because she's not, like, geriatric as shit. Yeah, like, you see her actually enjoying life and, like, hanging out with Bill and doing normal shit. Like Yeah, like, she's playing tug-of-war with Bill. Yeah, doing normal shit. Like, yeah. And I think that's what it is, but I don't really hate her in this one. Okay. Yeah. That is How a about pro. you? I don't uh, know. That's, that's only... it. Those are my pros. The only pro that I have for this is I don't know how, who, or what came up with the idea for the plot of this episode, but it's fucking original, that's for sure. Like, I, I've or never seen another season, sitcom. It's the first season of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Air when they th- or the season where they throw Will into the pool house because they're sick of him. I guess, but, like, it's a doghouse. I know, nobody's ever. I, I got nothing like, for you. Yeah, it is, it God, is original like, shit. It's, it's original, so I don't know, like, whoever it is, whoever managed to pull that shit out of a hat and make a cohesive fucking story out of it to where it passed editors and it passed, like, the actors doing it, like, whatever you guys did, whatever magic you were huffing at that point, good props to you because there's not a lot going with this, but damn, it's at least watchable. And this is this should not be a watchable fucking episode. Man puts child in doghouse. Yeah, that's that's, that's uh, another one of our formula, though. Like, that's <laughs> it, the point. it is. It's it, it is. It's one of those. Um, hey, let's call CPS yet again in this show. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't Man, had one of those yet this season. It really makes you think about like if you weren't watching. We, I think I don't remember what episode it was, but like we talked about like what do the other people on Rainy Street think? You know. Yeah, and then it's like oh. That woman's my son's substitute teacher. Uh, you don't need to go to class for the next week, son. Like, <laughs> uh, like two weeks ago, she was a hooker. Now she's uh, putting her kid in the doghouse. Uh, I'm not really sure. How did she get her teaching credential again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, give me some cons, buddy. Cons. Uh, get, again, shockingly few. Um, I don't get and or like and or care about the TARDIS dimensions of the doghouse. Okay. So, okay, we can put Lady Bird as probably three feet. So Hank probably decided that adequate doghouse size slash cost cost to heating ratio, like what was effective, like, you know, efficient heating ratio and all that shit, probably 2.5, so maybe 1.5 Lady Birds long, 
by two... Or no, 1.5 ladybirds across by two ladybirds long. So that would give us, like, what, four and a half feet by six feet long with 1.5. Okay. We could even say a generous... We see it. It's to Hank's, like, chest, so four feet high. Okay. But at one point, you have Peggy and Dooley being tutoring there. Peggy has her wee little desk. Um, you have Joseph, who's a goddamn monster in there. Yeah. And Connie. Connie's in there a ton. And Bobby. And Bobby's a fat kid. Like, I think the one that displaces the least amount of space is Connie. So, like... Right. I just don't get it. It changes a lot. I don't get it. It doesn't look that big on the outside. But, again, it's just stupid TARDIS physics, and I don't care for it. And, um... Dale. Dale is a con for me in this episode. Okay. Dale is dickish. This isn't playful Dale. This isn't Dale just kind of inciting a riot at Strickland for fun. He, like actively stops his anniversary to talk shit about his best friend in the entire world. Um, he gets shitty about the doghouse opening. He's just shitty. Dale is a dickhead in this episode. And, and he is fine. not very likable. It's He's not, but he's also not enjoyable to watch. Like, if he was taking the piss out of Hank and it was funny, then cool, but he's not. Dale's just being an asshole. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I'll I don't give know. you that's, that. That's me. How about you, buddy? Um, they have a conversation about hypoallergenic dogs and Hank makes a comment to a point that says, why don't I just go all the way and get myself a cat and a sex change? And you know what? I've about had it up to here. There's one shitty cat in this entire (laughs) fucking series. And you know what? He's allowed to be shitty about that cat. And we haven't even seen that cat yet. No, and we won't for like 10 or fuck, like almost a hundred more episodes. Listeners, Christmas Almost time. More I bet that's your Christmas present is Duke the fucking cat. God. Uh, really? Okay, so, but it's like, dude, I, I, I've, I've just about had it with you, man, because I absolutely adore cats. You know this about me. Listeners, you should know this about me. I've got two absolutely beautiful, stunning cats that are coming with me to Germany, and I fucking love them. Hank? One who smudges you all the damn time. Love it. Yep. 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 One who smudges me all the goddamn time. I, I love her. Her name is PJ and she's perfect. Um, I wrote this I love in her. here. I don't even know this goddamn cat and I love this cat. Like, out of, it's, I have two so, co-hosts with so multiple crusty. cats and I love your, I love her the most. Out of five fucking cats that I tangentially know from podcasting, I love PJ the best. Just whatever that's <laughs> worth, man. It's she is pretty damn perfect. Um, so I wrote this down, and then I realized, and then I wrote another sentence down that basically just in, incorporates this. So at first I wrote Hank is very flawed in this episode, and then I wrote down every character is flawed in this episode, and then I decided to talk about what they're flawed. Uh, so Bobby is just a little shit the entire time. I, I get yep. it. He like you said, he wants his independence, but God, is he a little fucking prick about it? Um, he sees how much it hurts his family. He sees how much it, it costs his family. And you know what? This is the like up his own asshole Bobby that we haven't seen for a while. But I guess it makes sense. He's thirteen year he's thirteen years old now, right? Thirteen year olds are shitty. So at least it's on on point for him. Um, Peggy cannot wait to get rid of Ladybird. She just keeps saying, "Nope, get the dog out of the house." I think you spent too much time with the dog. And this is also tracking for her. But God, is she ruthless about it in this episode? Um, because part of it's this... a dog. It's a geriatric fucking dog. It's also a bloodhound. Like, bloodhounds stink. Like, man, 
I don't know. I'm with Peggy 100%. I didn't mean to co-opt you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I, and I get it. It, it. That's just it, though. The whole point you were just making is it's not about the fact that her son, her actual living human son that she pushed out of her fucking vagina, is sleeping outside. It's about the fact that she can't stand the dog. You no, know, I you could have high-roaded it. That. I think it's about I that, I don't though. think so. You think it's a pride thing for Peggy over, like, Bobby in the house? I think Peggy has always felt second fiddle to Ladybird because Hank will always lavish his attention on Ladybird before anyone else in the house. And well, she's, yeah, we she all watch this. Pregnant Paws. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like. It, to me, it's just shitty that she she pays more attention to getting Ladybird out of the house than getting Bobby back in it. Interesting. And okay. Hank is obstinate as fuck about his dog in this whole episode. the The idea of putting your kid outside in a doghouse. Should never ever even be entertained. I, I get it. It's it's supposed to be funny. It's writing. It's a joke. But he does it and then lets it keep going. Like yeah. God, they're all just awful in this episode, and it's a con for me because I want to love this family so damn much, and I do in almost every other episode. But fuck, did it detract for this? It's sort of amazing how quick it all breaks down. Yeah. uh, Honestly, I think this lost an entire ranking from me because of that. Once I came to that realization. All right. Yeah, it dropped an entire ranking for what I was going to give it. Uh, Just because it's hard to watch. Like, I don't like watching Hank, Peggy, or Bobby being shitty, let alone all three of them be shitty to each other. Yeah. So, uh, okay, we're going to get past that. Let's get a favorite moments, man. Favorite moments. I only have one, and it is literally a moment of favoritism here. Bill's fucking okay. freedom tractor. Okay. I love that. When he comes around the corner with all the goddamn sparklers and, uh, uh, oh, what's that? Johnny, what's the song? Dun, 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 dun. Stars and Stripes Forever. When he comes around the corner on his little lawnmower yep. with the firecrackers and Stars and Stripes Forever and Hank runs around the corner. No, no, Bill, abort, abort. abort. I love that. I laughed yep. my ass off at that one single scene, and I think that might have been like one of the only times I smiled in this episode. Like, how about you, yep. buddy? Uh, I have one, okay. and it's our one lone appearance of Min Supanusapone, and it's not Min's line; it's it's uh, Peggy's, where she just says, "You want to know what I would think is hilarious? If Connie broke her leg, and she just <laughs> walks into the house and slams the door." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. I should have to. You're right. That's <laughs> no. It's, uh, you can. We can share it, buddy. Because I love the stars and stripes as well. I just. I lost it. I lost it watching it, and it made me so happy. Um. Awesome. Well, with that being said, let's let's rank this bad boy, man. What do you What do you give? Uh, what do you give Hank's choice? Um. Again, I was gonna have a different rating, and I changed it on the fly. I'm giving this a Meglo. I don't like this episode. Fuck this episode. Okay. It's not good. It's unenjoyable. Bobby's obnoxious. Peggy. I don't know. I, you haven't really red-pilled me on Peggy being, like, uh, bad or whatever you want to call it. But I kind of, I still like Peggy better than I like Hank. Oh, she's the least troublesome out of all three of them. I'll give yeah. her that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot here. I don't like Ladybird. I don't like seeing Ladybird when she's around, but I didn't mind her in this one. And me not minding Ladybird, that's a big fucking red flag just in my ratings. Yeah, Megalo. Okay. Skip this one next time. How about you, buddy? Um, So it's also a Megalo for me. So it's a, so I don't, Megalo. a <laughs> It's all it's caps a... mega. Lower caps yes. low. Yep. 
it, pretty much. Um, and and you know what? I probably won't watch this episode again, just like you said on a, on a rewatch. This is uh, this is the probably the first time you and I have gone through and straight up said I'm not going to watch this because it's a bad episode, not because we have associated something with it that we don't want to watch again. Um, yeah, like you just like genuinely did not like it. Yeah. And really, the only saving grace from this not being a charcoal is the fact that they took such an, an off-the-wall premise and turned it into 22 minutes of cohesive fucking TV. So, yeah. John Vitti, you get some props for that. The rest of your writing team, you get props for that. But, God, this is this is the stinker so far. This is the worst one of the season, right? I you probably call so far. I'm trying to find my other so. notes from episodes, but yeah. Well, let me, let me, we're going to, we're going to do a real quick, like recap of what season five is because I can pull it up in two yeah, seconds. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Listeners. Um, first time ever season five recap. Here we go. <laughs> so we had the perils of polling, which was, I think if I remember, oh, that was right, a charcoal. Road, that was a fucking charcoal for me. Yeah. Was it? Uh, the buck stops here, which is problematic, but we both rated it super high. Yeah. I gave perils yeah. of polling a charcoal. I found my notes. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't want to wait. Spin the choice. Peggy makes the big leagues. When Cotton comes marching home, what makes Bobby run? Twas the nut before Christmas. Chasing Bobby. Yankee Hanky. Hank in the Great Glass Elevator. Now who's the dummy? Oh, yeah. The Exterminator. And Luann Virgin 2.0. Out of all those, yeah, this is probably the worst. Other than Perils of Polling for you? Um, yeah, Perils of Polling was the charcoal. So, yeah, that's that's my worst one this season. No, you know what? I'm willing to give it to this one is my worst one. Like it's bad. I get uh, at least you know what we get to see Dale get happy for a cap snaffler. I like Dale when he's fun Dale, not dickish Dale. Yeah, this is yeah. This is my worst one <laughs> season five. I want to see what I gave uh, Perils of Polling here. Um, I gave it a butane. I threw I threw that one middle of the road. Yeah, you liked it a lot better than I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so if my butane and your charcoal gives it an overall megalo. Like if we're going GPA style. Yeah. That's so, I, I mean, if they're both megalos, yeah, this is the the worst one. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, I literally wrote on here, uh, every character is rough in this episode, so it's cringy to watch. I may hate Ladybird now. Good. Welcome to the fucking jungle, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good night. Well, Mark... I think uh, we're just about getting to that point where we need to get out of here, but we got a couple of things we need to do first, right? Yes, we do. Uh, the first of those uh, things is, Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I can confidently say that after a hundred episodes of King of the Hill, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Oh my god, my head hurts now. Yeah, um, I think by and large, I would still, I still like King of the Hill. Yes. Wow. 100 episodes. We are a third of the way through almost, right? Uh, we're almost halfway through. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're more than a third. 200 and I think it's 256 is the oh, total. Wow. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, so we by and large, you know what? In the 80s. By and large. Okay, so what would you give it right now as a series? Because I would give King of the Hill a butane as a series as For of right now. Because we're almost to the end of season five. For the first five seasons... I would give this a Buking. Okay, I'll give it a Buking. Okay, yeah, you're right. I would give it a Buking. There is a lot more good shit in here than bad, 
and there's a lot more just watchable shit. Out of out of five seasons, out of a hundred episodes, I think I've given out two or three charcoals and maybe two megalos. Everything else has been watchable or better. Yeah. Okay. Five episodes in a hundred, man. That's a ninety-five percent. That's a goddamn A right there. I mean, what is that? It's only five percent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Five percent right. of of it so far. So far. <laughs> That number is vastly going to grow, I have a feeling. Yeah, I wish I could tell you that I'm better on our editing cycle and have your overall ratings list, but I I wish I could tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. I I still like King of the Hill though. It's I uh, you know what? If nothing else, I I am loving doing this with you. So I'm we'll, loving doing it with you too, buddy. We'll go off of that. Um where can those good people find us, buddy? Uh, the good people of internet and podcast land can find us at Dang Old Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. They can also email us at dangoldpodcast@gmail.com. They can find me at krautballstream on Twitter. That's kraut is in sauerkraut, ball is in Swedish meatball, and stream as in Tubi or Amazon Prime, where you should be going to watch Shanghai Noon. Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. It's a fucking tour de force. It's also got Lucy Liu and Walton Goggins. I'm telling you right now, you cannot get much fucking better than this movie for 2000s. It is Ooh, it does hilarious. have Goggins. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot he was the crazy cowboy. You. God damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go watch Shanghai Noon now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me at Marquis Stardust on Twitter. Or you can find us on our, or you can, sorry, you can find me on our sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast, <laughs> where me and my buddy Josh, and sometimes Johnny, you're on there too. We I am. just talk about a variety of weird shit that is interesting to us. Go check us out there. Um, I know I don't ask for this a lot, guys, but if you're listening to this episode and you, if you've listened to us talk about 100 episodes of this beloved adult animation classic by Mike Judge, King of the Hill. And you like what we're doing, just for God's sake, just give us that five star. Apparently it helps. I don't ever ask for this, but or just just tell a friend, say something. Help us out, help us grow. I'm done begging. I love it's- every one of you. I love the interactions that we get. Like looking at you, Nick, looking at you, Shoke. You know who you are. Other listeners don't know those names. Maybe you might, I don't know, but we love you guys. I love you guys. Johnny, I think you love them too, right? I, I do. This is uh, this is a labor of love, guys. We're not in this to make any sort of money. We're literally just two two jabronis that met in college that really like King of the Hill, and we're we're doing this because, well, we have the time to do it. It's a pseudo form of therapy, and why the hell not? I've tried a bunch of other King of the Hill podcasts and don't really care for them. Yeah, talking shit on the rest of you guys. Prove me wrong. Prove me. I wrong. am unaware of any other King of the Hill podcast because I am terrified to queue one up and hear them playing Chuck Mangione as their outro credits and think that I stole something <laughs> being clever. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, we uh, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Thank you so much for sticking with us through a hundred episodes of this. We look forward to at least a hundred more. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys on another day. Another day. Uh, thank you for listening. Be good to each other. Um, don't let your kids sleep in dog houses, and don't judge people based on their sexual histories. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>